What's up, guys? Max, you're back with a brand new episode of the Scuttlebutt Show, and I hope, as always, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, you're having a fantastic day out there. I sure am because it's Monday, November 28th, and I've been eating Thanksgiving leftovers for the last four days. Mmm, so good. So good. I hope you guys had a happy Thanksgiving, got to spend it with friends and family, or however you see fit for you. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. I hope you did it in the way that is best for you. I, uh, I have a great show for you guys today, including I have a big update on the crowdfunding campaign that we've been doing. So let me just give that to you guys right off the bat. We have hit, if you count the offline donations, which are not immediately visible on the screen here, over $8,300 for the upcoming film, over $8,300 from the generous, loving veteran community who sees this story for what it is, inspirational, a story that should be told about my good friend Julian. So thank you all for that very much. And there are still a few days left, and then we're going to continue to raise funds even after the expiration date. So if you can check out the link in the description down below and consider giving it a click, a clickery doodah, that would be amazing. And uh, and if you can also share it, share it with um, any friends and family that you have that you think might be interested, that would be absolutely rock starish of you. Yes, yes, it is awesome. We are doing great, and uh, and it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be awesome. Ancient Neophyte and MC, what's up? MC is decorating the Christmas tree at work. That is badass. Are you allowed to go crazy with the Christmas tree at work, or there, you got to play it kind of safe at work? Let me know. I'm curious. What are your favorite Christmas tree decorations? Let me know. Reach out to me, email me, tell me, tag me on social media with your favorite military or veteran-themed Christmas tree decorations. I'm really curious to hear it. All right, guys, let me jump in. You know, I got to tell you, first story today right off the bat, it's getting interesting. It's going to be a slow news. Oh, wait, what's this? Human remains found at Fort Bragg. I'm not even surprised when I hear stories like this anymore, but this is breaking news out of Fort Bragg. Fort Bragg law enforcement officials are investigating the death of a person whose remains were found on post on November 21st, a spokesman for the 18th Airborne Corps said. During a routine patrol Monday morning, Fort Bragg range control officials found an abandoned civilian vehicle with human remains at one of Fort Bragg's ranges, said Sergeant Major Alex Licia, or Lycia, spokesman for the Corps. Fort Bragg emergency services were immediately dispatched to the scene. Authorities have not released the identity of the person or information about the cause of death, how long the remains appeared to be in the area, and whether foul play is suspected. The incident is currently under investigation. I will bring you more information as it comes out, but if you know anything about this, drop it in the comments section. I got to tell you, not even surprised anymore to hear something like this. I don't even know what to feel. A body found in a vehicle on Fort Bragg, business as usual for the United States Army. Let me know in the comments what you think about that. Wow. Wow. Starting it off with a shocker there. Shocker. Body found in a vehicle on Fort Bragg. Should we be surprised? Is there any reason to be surprised about something like that anymore at this point? I feel like it freaking happens every day. On the scuttlebutt show, we have another story like that. And an army comes out saying, what's the biggest problem? Folks, you already know you can say say it with me. We failed the PR. We failed the PR. We didn't cover the news correctly. After all, our soldiers got, you know, fatalityed one way or another. Oh, my God. MC says, I'm OCD, so I'm only doing gold and red. They have a couple one-offs in silver, but I won't do it. Don't do it. Don't, don't deter. You stick with the classics there. 
Big time stories today, folks. I've got some crazy ones for you. I've got some controversial ones. I've got everything. It, we're only getting started. Stick around because at the end, we do have some heartwarming stuff. I'm going to bring it back to something good. But I do have some absolutely crazy stories for you guys today, including out of my, you know, my, my not my hometown, but I did live there. The town I lived in, I had a home there once, Okinawa. Police say drunken Marine crashed into a bar during car chase on Okinawa. Was it an accident or was he trying to get one last drink before he hit the hay at the police station? A Marine on Okinawa may face a drunken driving charge after Japanese police say he led them on a short chase before he crashed into a bar facade in Naha City. Naha being the downtown area of Okinawa where the big airport is and everything like that. Tons of bars and restaurants and stuff like that down there. He shouldn't have been down there driving. He knows better. Corporal Christian Alvarez Talk, fix your name, bro. Just drop the talk. We don't need that. He's 24 years old. He's assigned to camp. Courtney was treated at a local hospital for a facial gash following a 2:18 a.m. 02:18 Sunday crash at the beer bar felt in the Makishi area. And there's a photo of it here. It looks like he went right through the uh, side there. Alvarez Talk was released to military police, the spokesman said. He said Alvarez Talk will likely remain free as long as he submits to police questioning, which is ridiculous. The Marine may face a drunken driving charge, the spokesman said. Prosecutors, not police, decide formal charges in Japan. Some government officials in Japan spoke anonymously and uh, gave us this information. As always, in Japan, they speak anonymously about crime. Alvarez Talk from New York is a ground electronics, telecommunications, and information technology systems maintainer with the 3rd Marines out there. Wow, get a simpler job title. The Marine Corps is aware of the alleged incident, alleged incident, and cooperating with local authorities. The alleged misconduct is not aligned with our core values, which the majority of Marines and sailors uphold. Police attempted to pull over Alvarez Talk's Daihatsu Mira. Love the name of the cars out there, including the Vats, literally a car named the Vats. In the Komoji area, after it left, after it made a left-hand turn with no signal shortly before the crash, police chased the Daihatsu for approximately a half mile at speeds of 15 to 40 miles per hour. They might mean kilometers there. He said the car went the wrong way on a one-way street and crashed into the bar. Alvarez Talk was unsteady on his feet, smelled like alcohol, and couldn't properly speak. Police prioritized his treatment over sobriety checks. But hours after the crash, a breathalyzer measured his blood alcohol content at 0.11. Hours later, a 0.11, that's serious drinking right there. In the car was a passenger, a 21-year-old Marine who could face charges. At least he had his battle buddy with him. But you're not supposed to let your buddy drink and drive. You're supposed to stop your battle buddy from getting behind the wheel. There are all those AF... Are you not listening to the AFN commercials out there? They're always telling you not to drink and drive. Arrive alive, guys. Arrive alive. And there's services out there that will come pick up your car and drive it home for you. There's so many options. Don't do it. Don't drink and drive, especially out there when you're living abroad. What are you doing? Are you crazy? Fix your name. Get a simpler job title and quit drinking and driving. And let me know what you guys think about that in the comment section down below. Wow. Wow. Kitty Steele, what's up? John Franco, what's up? Great to see you. Long time no see. Excellent to have you in the chat. Thank you for being in the chat, everybody, today. There go I, but for the grace of God, Ann says. Oh, I like that. Keeping it pure. Keeping it pure. Um, there's a lot of stories to get to today. A lot of stories to get to. 
As always, please check the links in the description. It is the holiday season. You can shop at scuttlebuttshow.com to get some cool holiday merch for friends and family. That would be doing me a huge favor. All proceeds go to benefiting the show, improving the content, future big projects, current big projects, all that stuff. So consider checking that out. It would be uh, awesome if you did. And check out the link to the Julian campaign, fundraising campaign going on right now. It is uh, going on for three more days, and then it's kind of going on after that too. But three more primary days of fundraising, and I'm blown away by the generosity, kindness, and encouragement that we've gotten from the community on this thing. Now let's get back to what can only be described as a typical Army story. The Army... Army sergeant charged with stealing machine gun parts, smoke grenade after a brigade-wide search. This guy stole the bottom of a 50 cal and the top of a 240, making him the scuttlebutt show clown of the day. An Army non-commissioned officer has been charged with allegedly stealing machine gun parts and a smoke grenade, which did not help him disappear from the authorities. That set off a chaotic brigade-wide recall and search around Joint Base Lewis McCord. Sergeant Christopher Shepler, a company NCO from 5th Battalion, 20th Infantry, 1-2 Striker Brigade Combat Team, was charged with larceny and loss of military property, according to a statement from the 7th ID. The charges filed last month alleged that Shepler stole an M250 caliber machine gun receiver and an M240 machine gun barrel, which, you know, square peg, round hole, guys, those those are not going together at all by any stretch of the imagination. The 50 cal piece was reported missing on October 7th by the sister company, and the weapon was left in the care of 2-3 2nd Battalion 3rd Regiment staff duty for soldiers to use if they wanted to practice operating the unloaded weapon in preparation for brigade's upcoming expert infantry and expert soldier badge qualifications. Staff duty is a 24-7 posting in the unit's area and operation weapon is part of the qualification for the two Army skill badges. Military.com has reached out to Shepler for comments via email but did not hear back by publication from Military.com. It says here that unit leadership attempting to wrangle the chaos in the aftermath of the loss asked subordinates not only to look for the missing items but identifying Shepler referring to him as a person of interest and sharing an apparent image of him in the group chat. The entire brigade was called in the search for the weapon during what was supposed to be a four-day weekend. It was really unfortunate that a leader in the organization made such a poor decision that affected the entire brigade right before a much-deserved four-day, probably ruining that for everybody. One soldier in the brigade told Military.com over text, adding that the decision to leave the military equipment out in the first place was a leadership failure. It says, I'm all for making equipment accessible to soldiers to train, but it's leaders' responsibility to ensure weapons are properly accounted for. There were failures up the chain of command that allowed it to happen. But what do you do when the leader is the one stealing it? Frigo, a representative, said that charges specified that Shepler allegedly later lost the firearm, referencing to the receiver. Yeah, sure, lost. He was charged with stealing all three items and charged with willful loss of the 50 cal. Willful lost it on eBay, probably. Reserve not yet met. The receiver contains parts that make the 50 cal fire and along with the barrel of the 240 are inert on their own. A week after the items were reported missing, the charges against Shepler were filed. He will be uh, facing court-martial. No trial date set now. He has to go through the whole process. The receiver ended up being found in a dumpster, which was routinely transported off post and had been moved before the unit could find it. The M250 cal receiver has not been recovered. Uh... The other items were recovered, the 240 and the smoke grenade. He encouraged individuals' information on the missing machine gun part to contact JBLM. So somewhere out there, potentially, I doubt it though, in a garbage dump is a 50 cal receiver, 
We'll see about that. We'll see if anybody comes forward with that. Let me know what you think about that. And is that a valid Scuttlebutt Show clown of the day? I think so. I think so. MC, a 999 super chat for the fundraising. Thank you. It will go to fundraising. I promise you that. When I was stationed at Campbell, the public bus system for Clarksville, Tennessee, offered to pick anyone up in town and drop them off at the main gate free of charge on New Year's Eve. That's awesome. Oh, dear. 11 Bravos never learned. John says. Nice. Oh, 11 Bravos. Um, This next story, and then we're going to get into some interesting stuff over here. Some interesting stuff. This next story um, is a tragedy. We're going to get into some serious stuff here, okay? We're going to get into some serious stuff. We're going to go back and forth. Very serious, medium seriousness like that. We're going to do that. We got to talk about it. This one's crazy, tragic. It is the holiday season, so I do want to talk about these kinds of things because, as always, the holiday season is battle buddy checkup time for sure. If you got somebody out there, a battle buddy, a, a former shipmate, whatever, a former or you know prior devil dog teammate of yours, uh, now might be the time to go check up on them. Utah guard soldier killed in shootout with local police, but this was one of those... Uh, you know, you might call them voluntary life ending by police officer type situations. If you guys are picking up what I'm putting down, a member of the Utah Army National Guard was shot and killed during a police standoff on November 20th. The circumstances around this are insane. Staff Sergeant, which is an E6 in the Army, Alma Worthington, a combat medic assigned to the state's 115th maintenance company, called 911 that afternoon to tell Harriman, Utah authorities that he was feeling self-harm. The 14-year veteran deployed to Afghanistan in 2012 with the state's Apache Helicopter Battalion. Local police said officers and fellow members of his unit tried to provide him with resources and options, but Worthington started shooting, just opened fire at neighbors' homes and the law enforcement that had surrounded his home. That triggered an evacuation led by a local SWAT team while Worthington continued shooting. The shooting led authorities to activate the local emergency alert system and order a shelter in place while the evacuation occurred. During the hours-long standoff, Worthington was reportedly unmoved by police negotiators and used his rifle to fire rapid volleys at the armored vehicles and SWAT units he, as they were evacuating the neighbors. So here come, you know, SWAT, they have these big personnel carrier, armored personnel carrier vehicles. They come in, they're trying to evacuate the neighbors, get them to safety, and he would be popping out of windows, door frames, opening fire randomly and accurate and fairly accurately. Uh, small arms fire. So this is a a terribly tragic and and dangerous situation out there for the law enforcement officers. I'm sure that they did not want to go out there during the holidays and have to use lethal force, but this person is really giving them no choice. It's, it's him or them at this point, or the neighbors. Harriman police claimed Worthington was adamant throughout their encounter with him that this was the outcome he had decided upon and that they were unable to de-escalate the situation. So this was what he wanted and it was not going to be, they were not talking him down. And this is where he was going to make his last stand. We have and will continue to make every effort to avoid armed confrontation with uh, subjects who are thinking about self-harm and provide them resources and options for a path forward, the department statement said. But we cannot allow that person to place the lives of other citizens in danger through their actions and the SWAT team. Worthington's family expressed their thanks for the guard colleagues and others who attempted to redirect Alma. We hope that despite our tragic loss, a greater emphasis can be made to support those who struggle with mental health. Utah Guard spokesman Major Chris Kroberg told Army Times in an email statement, our service members and their families are important to us and we are working with the surviving family to make sure they are supported in this most challenging time. 
So sad story there. This is uh, it's the holidays. This is peak season for this kind of thing. So everyone, please stay vigilant. Look out for family members. Look out for friends. If you think there's somebody you need to give a call, consider picking up the phone and giving a dial. Um, it's just it's that time of the year. And let me know what you guys think about that in the comments section down below. Sad story. Larry D, what's up? Sam, what's up? Great to see you. Great to see you guys in the chat. John says, big victory for my brigade. We survived 60 plus days at NTC Fort Irwin without suffering any deaths due to training. Congratulations. Now, did you also get through without any alcohol-related incidents? That's the real question. Did you go 60 days without an ARI? Is it possible? Can it be done? Can any military unit go 60 days without an ARI? You tell me. You decide. So there's a... An interesting story coming up here. This one bothers me a lot. This one bothers me a lot. Like, California is kind of a horrible state. Let me tell you guys. You pay, you overpay for everything. You have to deal with the dumbest government, you know, laws and rules, mostly financially. If there's one big complaint I have about California, it's they rake you over the coals for your cash. It's the highest taxes. There's all there's fees on top of fees for everything. But if there's one good thing I can say about California, California does take care of its veterans. California has so many and some of the best veteran programs. And not only that, but because California is home to so much of the military, a lot of the nonprofits and organizations that support vets are based out of California. So there are a lot of pros for veterans in California. Now, you could go on about homeless veterans, and, and but California is kind of a, I think California has more homeless people than all the rest of the states combined. So it is kind of a central hub for homelessness, and they have to provide more services. Uh, I can appreciate that. There, so so there's benefits for veterans. Generally speaking, California is is a tough state to live in. Not good with the laws and, and rules and everything like that. But could it be from a veteran perspective, it's doing a lot better than New York. Human resources worker was harassed after she said veterans should be hired for county job. Listen to that again. A human resources worker said, hey, we should consider hiring these veterans. She was then harassed and is now suing her company. Well, the government. A former human resources specialist for Sussex County has sued the board of commissioners, claiming she endured a hostile work environment after protesting that two veterans, one of them disabled, had not been included on a list of potential job candidates. Can you believe this? Tina or Tammy Vandergriff, 51 years old, says in court papers, two military veterans had applied for a job as a juvenile detention officer, but county officials did not want to hire them. The suit says Vandergriff's supervisor told her Sheriff Mike Strada does not want the posting of the existing list, which included the veteran and disabled veteran, according to the lawsuit filed November 11th or I'm sorry, November 1st. Strada, who is not named as a defendant in the lawsuit, did not immediately respond Wednesday to a request for comment. Neither did Sussex officials. The lawsuit claims county commissioners changed the hiring program to avoid placing the veterans on the list. Changed the program. By doing so, they disqualified the disabled veteran and the other veteran. 
Oh, my God. When Vandergriff protested, a hostile work environment was created. The lawsuit says the environment was so hostile that the plaintiff first saw medical leave on December 3rd, 2021 and worked her last day. The suit does not state if Vandergriff left her job voluntarily. Her attorney did not respond to requests for additional details not contained in the complaint. But she has worked for Sussex County, New Jersey since 1989. Sorry, New Jersey. My, my mistake. The suit alleges Vandergriff's employers violated New Jersey's Conscientious Employment Protection Act and demands compensatory and punitive damages along with attorney fees and the cost of the suit. So out there in New Jersey, correct myself, I did say New York. I'm Of course, it's Sussex County, New Jersey, said they had this job listing. And when these veterans applied and this HR person said, hey, check out these veterans. They're qualified on the list here. We should hire them. They said, actually, change everything. Avoid hiring these veterans. So that, they did them dirty. That is what they're being sued for. This is coming out in the news now, although it did happen a while back, but it's popping up now in court. Let me know what you guys think about that in the comment section down below. Wow to that one. Wow to that one. Can you imagine? California is terrible, Kitty says. Yep. John says, I'm not in the need to know, Channing, to confirm or deny the alcohol question. Someone did go psychotic in the box. What does that mean? Being a veteran only gives the applicant extra points towards the job consideration. Federal jobs, not guaranteed employment. Yes, true, true. But she did work for the county. Larry says, ship may retire and worked in San Diego as a DOD employee for another 20, but couldn't wait to leave and move to Idaho. Yes. We'll see where me and uh, my wife are going to live in the future. Who knows? We will see. Time will tell. Um, okay. Okay. Get ready, folks. Get your thinking hats on for this next one. This next story is controversial. Controversial. It is also um, really dumb, in my opinion. <sighs> Why delay? Let's get into it. Veteran suing. A veteran is suing the military for not covering transgender surgery for their adult child who's 21 years old. Suing. Let's uh, get into this. An Air Force and Marine Corps veteran has filed a federal lawsuit arguing that his 21-year-old child's gender-affirming surgery should be covered under medical benefits. The GLAD GLBTQ Advocates and Defenders Group, a Boston-based LGBT legal advocacy group, filed a lawsuit in federal court in Maine on Monday on behalf of the veteran who served in the Air Force and Marine Corps for 23 years but is suing under an alias John Doe. John Doe receives health care coverage through the military's TRICARE health plan, which is part of the DOD's military health care system. The lawsuit states John Doe's child, anonymized as Jane Doe, was assigned the sex of male at birth but has known that she is a female since age 11 or 12. The lawsuit states Jane Doe was diagnosed with gender dysphoria at age 17, which was in 2018, and has undergone psychological counseling, social transitioning, and hormone replacement therapy with testosterone blockers and estrogen supplements. The military healthcare system has covered Jane Doe's gender transition thus far under John Doe's health plan. Jane Doe has also undergone facial feminization and voice feminization surgeries as part of the gender transition, but the military health system has not reimbursed those costs, so they've been paying some of this stuff out of pocket. The lawsuit states her surgeries are not being reimbursed by the military health system because of a federal law that prohibits the military from providing coverage for sex change surgeries. That's uh, 
in a law that's been around since 1976. If that tells you how long these issues have existed, that law was started in 1976. Jane Doe has also been denied coverage for laser hair removal and electrolysis to eliminate visible male facial hair. Now, those are, you know, you could say cosmetic surgeries. Uh, women have facial hair sometimes. There, I see women with facial hair all the time. Older women, uh, women with certain, you know, chemical disorders or hormonal disorders, women have facial hair. That's not like uh, some of the stuff I don't understand. The lawsuit states that even though those procedures are not surgeries and are not expressly banned, the military health system has denied coverage on the grounds that they are cosmetic and not medically necessary, a basis that the lawsuit says is erroneous on all counts and unlawful. Erroneous, erroneous. It says here from John Doe, I just want what others who have served their country want, the ability to take care of my family. My family has served right alongside me. My wife and I want our daughter to be healthy and happy like any parents would. My daughter shouldn't be denied the health care she needs just because she's transgender. Glad attorney Jennifer Levi, who brought legal challenges to the military's previous bans on transgender members, said the military has made some serious progress in treating transgender service members more fairly. And now it's time to end this outdated and archaic denial of health care coverage for transgender members of military families. You could just start by saying the kid's 21 years old. That's uh, well into adulthood. Well into adulthood. Now, there are stipulations, I think maybe if they're in school or maybe special needs, that they could be covered under TRICARE until they're 25 at the very latest, I believe. But I don't know if that applies here in this case. I am uh, I'm thinking that this, is, uh, this, this lawsuit's erroneous and that there are probably lots of people getting health care things denied by TRICARE all the time, and this is just another one of those things. I am super surprised to see a lawsuit over laser hair removal. And I wonder if there's any precedent for that. Like, I wonder if a woman, a naturally born woman wants to get laser hair removal, if TRICARE would cover that. Because, you know, women are not all hairless creatures. Like some women have long sideburns that extend down their cheeks. Some women have uh, mustaches uh, People of different ages have different amounts of hair. Some some women have hairy, really hairy arms or very hairy armpits or something like that. Like there, there's a, a wide range of the way people are built naturally. So I wonder if a woman who has, let's say, more of a mustache than she would prefer wants to get cosmetic hair removal and she's the daughter of a retired service member, would she be able to get it? Or would a dude be able to get it normally? What if a guy just is tired of shaving and wants to get laser hair removal. Would that guy be able to get laser hair? Because if it just seems like it'd be fair enough, if, if one person gets laser hair removal, everyone should get laser. Like Oprah's giving out laser hair removal over here. I'll get some laser hair removal. I need to shave now. I haven't shaved in a couple days. Let me get some of that laser hair removal. That'll save me on razor blades, which are breaking the bank. They had to lock those things up at CVS. It's so expensive. Anyway, I digress. You guys let me know what you think about in the comment section down below. I think that's ridiculous. But if I get any updates on this, on how that lawsuit goes, I will let you know. I am curious to hear your thoughts in the comment section. Wow. Just Sue. Who cares? Just Sue. Regal, what's up? Eye roll emoji. Larry D's face palming over here. That's an elective procedure. Laser hair removal is not cheap. True. And you have to go back and get it multiple times. It's not, it's not like... Laser hair removal is not a one and done. You got to go back and then it could come back again. You got to go back again and again and again. And again and again and again. 
and again and again and again and again. You got to get that laser hair removal, non nonstop laser hair removal over here. Okay. Thanksgiving. Crazy story here. Crazy story. Um, Thanksgiving, a beautiful holiday where family and friends gather to appreciate the things that they're thankful for over the dinner table, pig out, turkey, ham, mashed potatoes, stuffing, macaroni and cheese, green bean casserole, cranberry sauce from the can with the little ring marks on it from the can still. Ugh, I cannot get enough. Unfortunately for one hero, that didn't happen. Marine vet, a hero, being labeled a hero in critical condition now after helping victims of Baltimore house explosion. Terry Bagley Sr. was prepping food for Thanksgiving when he realized he needed pasta for the macaroni and cheese. Innocent enough task, he heads out to the store. Everything changed in an instant when a cry for help and a split-second act of heroism left Bagley fighting for his life. This 70-year-old Marine veteran was walking through Pigtown when he heard an explosion rock the area on Tuesday afternoon, leaving a mother and daughter trapped inside their burning, partially collapsed Bayard Street home across from Carroll Park. This is insane. Bagley entered the building and tried to save them. 70-year-old Marine veteran sees people in need, charges into a burning, collapsed building to try to help anybody he could. But another part of the house collapsed on him. As of now, he remains hospitalized in critical condition, unable to celebrate the holiday he started cooking for days earlier. The two other victims have been upgraded to stable condition, so they're doing well enough. They'll probably be okay. The cause of the explosion is still under investigation. It says that there were people working on the gas and electric in that area. Bagley's daughter, Eris Bagley, said he was placed in a medically induced coma because his injuries are extensive, including a broken pelvis, femur, and hand. Broken pelvis is a major injury. You can hemorrhage blood from your pelvis and your femur as well. Uh, the pelvis and femur areas are, are incredibly delicate. If, if you get injured there, you're in bad shape. She said doctors couldn't even perform surgery because his heart wasn't strong enough at the time, but they were hoping to do it, and, and maybe by now they have. It says here he lived through polio. He survived toxic water at Camp Lejeune, and he served in Vietnam. I'm not used to seeing my dad be weak, his daughter says. We are just praying for the surgeon's hand and praying that my father is so stubborn he doesn't want to leave us yet. She said family members worried about how they'll afford medical bills if insurance doesn't cover everything. Speaking of medical insurance. Iris Bagley lives in Baltimore along with her parents and brother. Their sister who followed in her father's footsteps joined the army and was catching a flight home to South Korea on Wednesday. They all plan to spend Thanksgiving together, but now they're going to be in the hospital taking turns, taking care of their father. Iris Bagley said she learned about the blast because her daughter was released early from school at Southwest Baltimore Charter. Several hours passed before she realized her father was one of the casualties. She said she received a call from Baltimore police around 5.30 p.m. telling her the news. She called her mom, who had been wondering where her husband was. Terry Bagley was scheduled to work that evening at Baltimore VA Medical Center, where he performed housekeeping duties. So he was working also at the VA. It's unbelievable. He grew up in South Carolina, where he met his wife and then joined the Marines. And his twin brother joined the Air Force. So he was even the better brother. They came from humble beginnings and wanted to broaden their horizons, they said. He ended up serving his time in the Marine Corps, marrying his wife, and raising his family. Iris Badley said her father spent decades working as a bricklayer after receiving an honorable discharge from the military. She was shocked but not surprised to hear he risked his life to save two strangers. I believe that is the Marine in him, she said. I don't know too many people who would do something like that. Maryland Governor Larry Hogan comment, commended Bagley. We are all pulling for this hero. Along Bayard Street on Wednesday, 
Workers were helping the fire department investigate and canvassing the neighborhood to ensure a safe and reliable operation of gas in there. So they're thinking it was a gas leak type uh, uh, explosion. Crazy out there. Um, the other two people involved are doing better uh, and they're going to be recovering. Um, but but uh, Terry Bagley, we're, we're all rooting for you. We're all rooting for you. And if I have any updates to this one, I will let you guys know. Insane. What a hero. What a courageous, selfless hero. While prepping for Thanksgiving dinner with his family, the 70-year-old Marine charges into danger to try to help strangers. That's the spirit we all need to embrace, folks. Let me know in the comments. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. What's going on in the comments here? Let's see. Again and again is a good song you should check out. They say a funny bar about Island Boys too. Again and again. Okay. Green bean casserole. It's good, but gives you gas. Regal says, oh yeah. Yep. But you know what? So does eating four pounds of food, which is more like uh, why I had gas after Thanksgiving dinner. You let me know in the comment section, what gave you gas this Thanksgiving? <laughs> I'm curious. Was it the pie? Was it the appies? The appetizers? All right. All right. Let's get into the headline story of today. This one is just too funny. We're, we're going to lighten it up now. Terry Bagley, we're thinking of you. We're going to lighten it up and we're going to take the rest of the time in this show to talk about some kind of some good stuff, some fun stuff, starting with, and I do think this is fun. I do think this is an entertaining story here. United States Navy found guilty and fined for acts of software piracy. Yes, they were downloading illegal copies of Under Siege and Under Siege 2 Dark Territory. No, that's not it. The U.S. Navy is officially guilty of piracy. Like, really? Not to plundering on the high seas with eye patches, but rather the digital kind. The Navy infringed on a software company's copyright by using a 3D mapping software without permission. They tried to get the Navy for a lot of money, $600 million, but they only got $154,000. But that means that they were found in favor of this company. So the Navy is on the hook for $154,000 plus a two-to-be-determined sum to be paid for damages. The German-based bit management software GmbH originally filed in for $600 million, and it was a battle, and now they've settled for probably, you know, $160,000, $180,000. The court, here's how it went down. Dismissed the company's lawsuit, but bit management appealed. The appellate court sided with the company and sent the case back to federal claims court. There, the court was asked to determine damages through a hypothetical negotiation between the two sides. Here's what happened. In 2011, the Navy was working with bit management to test BS Contact Geo, a virtual reality software the company made. The Navy had 38 copies, but took those copies and installed them on 550,000 machines in its network over a three-year period. Wow, wow, wow. All while still negotiating with the company. So they just took it and stole it. Not telling the company. I've been through something like this. This stuff gets very serious. If you have some company's software or PowerPoints or anything like that, that is not yours. You do, you can't just because you got it once doesn't mean you can do whatever with it. This is like serious logistical acquisition stuff that you do not want to mess with. So then bit management sued in 2016 for copyright infringement. The Navy uninstalled the software, but then reinstalled it. Navy, what are you doing? Bit management did not license or otherwise authorize these uses of its software, and the Navy has never compensated bit management for these uses of its software. The company claimed in its initial as in its initial lawsuit. The Navy, in turn, argued its licenses allowed for the service branch to make copies. The claims court backed bit management's claim the Navy committed piracy. However, it did not authorize $600 million in payout. They said that the damages needed to be determined from actual usage. 
The court listened to the Navy's expert witness, a certified public accountant named David Kennedy, who put the value of the licenses at $200 each, then took the, originally they were charging $1,067 for them, said they were worth $200 each, then said that even though they installed them on all those machines, only 635 people used them and only 597 people were using the unlicensed copies. So that's how they came up with the 120,000 plus 35 for the fee and licenses. Evaluation of delayed compensation is set to come later and the Navy will pay them for that too. So the Navy is totally dirty in this one. They got their hands dirty. They stole software, which is no joking around and they were found guilty of it. So the Navy is officially a felon. The, the, the whole U.S. Navy is now a criminal. Let me know what you think about that in the comments section down below. And don't steal software, folks. It's not, it's not hardware to do. It's not a hardware concept to grasp. Don't steal software, all right? It's, that's somebody's thing. That's somebody's thing. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? How are we going to go into this last couple stories here? This next one. Oh my gosh, it's so good. We are going to get out of here a little bit early, but not before I give you guys gold. This is next thing is the type of thing that you turn in to tune into the show for, okay? This next uh, this next story is literally why the Scuttlebutt show exists. The army blows a goat. No way, excuse me. The army blows up the Naval Academy goat in preparation for the upcoming Army Navy football game. Is this for real? Let's see what the army's up to. And you know that it's no good. Now, the military has a long history. The Army Navy football game has a long history, including playing practical jokes on one another branches. And while the Navy recently came out with their astronaut-themed uniforms for this upcoming spectacle that is the Army-Navy football game, the Army clapped back by blowing up the Naval Academy's mascot, the GOAT, from the GOAT locker. And they made a video of it, so let's check it out right now. All right, team, this is the most important mission of your life. That's why you all were chosen. You're the most lethal, modern, and best trained armor force in the United States Army. Not fancy, just tough. That was a terrible throw. Load the game down. I don't even know what to say about that. I don't even have any thoughts on that. That was just like, that looked like it was made in 1983. Oh my God. Well, it does say no actual goat was harmed in the making of that video, but who knows what happened to that goat after the camera stopped rolling with the army out there. Let's finish this video up and see. They're going to show some uh, other stuff from the army Navy past. Army cadets tried to kidnap the Navy mascot. But that's the wrong goat. That's the wrong goat, man. That was one of the worst videos I've ever seen. Go Navy, beat Army in this year's Army-Navy football game. Let me know what you think in the comments section down below about that video. That was, uh, that was something, huh? That was something. 
That's why we do the Scuttlebutt Show, folks. That's why we do it. It's stuff like that. It's stories like that that make me get out of bed in the afternoon and put on this show. Sorry, I mean, in the I wake up in the morning. I don't wake I Forget you heard that. Forget you heard all that. Hiram, what's up? Hiram in the chat. I've heard of something called a goat test when a medic is training for submarine duty involving keeping a goat alive on an island. Oh, I don't, don't know about that. I do not know about that, Hiram. I've never heard of that. Send me a link. That's some weak sauce, Larry says. Kitty says that is some high-quality content. LOL. She did say LOL, though. John says, from an Army guy here, go Navy, beat Army. Regal, who's representing the Army, says, heckin' badass. Kitty says PETA has entered the chat. PETA would not be stoked. They would not be stoked. But PETA's never stoked. Have you ever seen a PETA person happy about anything? No, you haven't. You, you have not ever seen someone from PETA having a good day. They are not. They are, they, are the, they are sad people. I mean, they have a lot to be sad about. Thanksgiving, Christmas ham, turkey, steak dinners, bacon for breakfast. Ooh, I'm hungry. I'm getting really hungry over here. All right. Let's quit fooling around. And let me get you guys out of here so you can go back to spending a, a beautiful day or evening with your family. And let me send you off with something really nice. U.S. Army vet gifted a furnished apartment, which is beautiful, after graduating from Camp Hope. What's Camp Hope? Let's learn together on this video. We're here. A military veteran is receiving quite a gift today and just in time for Thanksgiving. So excited. Our Fox 26's Dominic Keith taking us there. It's moving day for U.S. Army veteran Frank Wendell, and he expected to lug in a few boxes of clothes. But look what showed up. A truck full of furniture, and it's all just for him. Seven months, 23 days ago, I lost my service dog, Eli. Oh. 24 veterans choose to lose their life every day. And it's a really sad, horrible thing. But I picked up the phone. This speech here at U.S. Army veteran Frank Wendell's graduation from Camp Hope is only part of his celebration. You see, he's completing the Camp Hope PTSD program after nearly spiraling out of control when returning from being deployed to Iraq. Uh, we had some rough days there, um, but uh, came back and uh, stayed in the Army for a few more years uh, doing what I could, but struggled to reacclimate to civilian life and struggled to find a sense of purpose again. His gift for graduating from Camp Hope is an apartment full of furniture from Mattress Mac and gallery furniture. Wow, very I cool. I did not expect this because I, I thought I'd buy one new piece of furniture a month. And uh, we are just so excited for him as he moves forward in a brand new life. Mac is all about taking care of our veterans, um, especially in our community. And um, we just thought it was very important this holiday season that we include you in the giveaway um, because we are very proud of you. This kind of stuff doesn't happen to me lately uh, for a very long time. Oh, man. Um, but I'm glad to have been here to be a part of this wonderful program and hope that good things like this continue to happen to me in life. So now he not only has a new apartment, but a comfortable, cozy new home and just in time for Thanksgiving. I'm Domalee Keith, Fox 26 News. That's really cool. Good for uh, good for those folks. Now, let me show you guys something really quick. Let's go back here a little bit. Yeah, keep the video playing. Let's uh let's go over here a little bit. Let's uh go to uh, any part here. Look, what you're seeing here, hang on, let me get to the right part. Look at this. I just want to say one thing. This is a room full of people seeking help. All right? If you need help, seek it. 
There are people out there who want to help. There are people out there who want to give back. It's it it's not it's not weakness, it's strength, right? I don't know how many time how many things I can say or cliche things that I can say, but look, you're not alone. Look at this room full of people out there seeking help and giving help. Seeking and giving help. And then when you seek help, you can then give it, right? It's the whole thing about putting your mask on first before you put on somebody else's on an airplane. This is what it's all about. We got to come together and support one another, especially around the holidays, so you don't end up with tragedies. This guy, he lost his service dog, which is absolutely sad, and he, he was in probably a bad place, and he went and he sought help. So if you're having a hard time out there, if you're struggling with something, don't be afraid to seek help. There are lots of people out there looking to give it. Let me know what you think about that in the comment section. Yep, it's a beautiful life as they say, but you got to be around to enjoy it. So the lessons in that movie, A Beautiful Life, will are, are, are evergreen. You don't know how many people you're out there helping. You don't know how many people your sheer existence saves, especially as a veteran. We got a guy, a Marine, running into a burning building, 70 years old, runs into a burning building to save strangers after serving in Vietnam. You just never know. Right, So stick around and find out what it's all about. Thanks for watching that with me. Soldier for Life, John says, Regal says, sometimes you got to hit rock bottom to get massive handouts. That's funny. Not going to lie. Not going to lie. That is funny. Say on Max, AN says, folks, if you can, it would mean a lot to me if you checked out the fundraiser for my upcoming film, Julian, that's in work right now. We're over $8,000 raised already. We're so great right now. That's going to go a really long way to making this a fantastic project. But if you haven't already checked this out, the link's in the description down below. I want to thank you all for being here with me on this Monday after Thanksgiving. I hope you guys had a good day. I sure did. Stay good out there. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Enjoy the holiday season as we come up into December. And Christmas and New Year's is right around the corner. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all the holidays. Enjoy. I look forward to talking to you all very soon, folks. And for now... That's the scuttlebutt.